Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And Happy New Year, and welcome to the first Guitar Radio podcast of 2020. Uh, it's episode 233, and I have with me... Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We've been off for a few weeks. It's been an extended break. Uh, have you managed to catch up on a lot of things whilst you've been uh, away for Christmas? Yeah, quite a few things. Um, something, though, which I've just been playing within the last couple of days is Star Trek Bridge Crew, yes. which came out about three years ago. Yeah. Um, there's one specific problem this game seems to have, and it's not really to do with the gameplay. It's to do with like online matchmaking, which is when you go into the main menu, it gives you, okay, do you want to do training to learn how to play the game or solo, custom, lobby, or a quick match and right. uh, what, what I've sort of realized from looking through reddit and discords to try and find some people to play the game with because you can play it on your own but it's much much better when you play it with other people okay. um, plus plus then you're not relying on NPCs to fly your ship and yes, sort of thing. yes so, that's true but one thing I've kind of noticed is that when you click on quick match which is like I want to join a quick lobby it doesn't properly put you into one and if it doesn't find you one it actually puts you in with the NPCs oh, um, okay. but, then, but then if you click on custom lobby and make your own lobby make it open to public people can jump in the game but one thing I've sort of noticed is everyone's having that same problem which is like it's not because no one's playing the game it's because when people are clicking on quick match it's not properly matching people up with each other so what I've basically been doing is adding a bunch of people as friends and then going into a custom lobby and inviting them in it's a right. bit more of a hassle than what it should be but I've got it working nonetheless it's um it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's something where, because I've tried all the four different roles now, uh, which is captain, steering, engineer, and the helm. The helm is probably the most active one, although when you know you start getting attacked and everything, the engineer becomes very, very busy because yes. you have to repair a bunch, a bunch of different stuff. I think it's like nine different things yeah. you have to repair, and then you adjust like, okay, do you want more power to... There's, there's engines, phasers, and shields, and then obviously it's up to the captain to say, okay, we want more power to this, but that, that means you take about take away power from something else so you got to manage what that is the steering is quite interesting it's this little like almost mouse pad s kind of thing where you just sort of point it in a particular direction um captain's not quite as active as what you might think though it's more about like okay we need to go here can we warp to wherever or impulse yeah. or whatever um and then obviously looking on local scanners to see okay is there any ships where do we actually need to go do we need to scan something or destroy something so it's it's quite a bit of fun it's just the the issue of actually getting people in your lobby yeah. what are you playing this on is this on xbox or it's is on this... uh, ps4 because it's you, on the it, it, on, it on is PSVR. on PSVR. Yeah. yeah okay so you are are you playing it in psvr yeah 
again. Okay, yes. You can play it without VR, but it's much less fun that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have yeah. it on PSVR as well, but I have played the PC version outside of VR. It's a lot more difficult to control. It's very much designed for VR. Yeah, yeah you can still play it um, outside of VR. The, the annoying thing with that is, let's say you get a bit tired from the VR after a couple of hours or whatever, or if you want to go into VR, you have to restart the game in order to do that. You can't switch right, okay. in the yeah. game, which is annoying. I kind of thought, okay, I can go into options and like switch off VR or something, but uh, apparently you can't do that. But uh, yeah. anyway, yeah, other than the, the little hassles of uh, joining other players, it, it's been quite a bit of fun. So Yeah, it has been one of the uh, VR games I've had the most fun with. I actually haven't played with other people in that. I've only actually done the solo things, but uh, yeah, it's it's great fun. And it really does feel like you're playing around on a starship, which is great, mm. particularly if you're a Trek yeah. fan like I yeah. The other good thing is when you, if you're like wanting to point at someone for a particular reason or like, I don't know, do something with your arms, you can actually point at people inside the ship. And yes. it's both fascinating and quite funny as well. Yeah. So uh, that's been pretty good. So yeah, I'm going to be playing some more of that in the, in the coming weeks. And it's got a cross-play option. I think you can play with people on Steam that are using... Oh, okay. I think it's Oculus or whatever. Yeah, it'd be Oculus or the yeah. Steam. There's Steam's got its own VR thing, I think, as well now. Right, which is good as well. I mean, there's no reason to restrict that, really. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that gives you the option of more players as well. So, Orange is New Black, I finished the final season. Um, weird final season. Uh, I'd like there almost to be another episode to wrap up some of the other things. Right. And yeah, like you, I think you said a couple of, because this came out in like July and I just <laughs> didn't yeah. get to it. Yeah, That's thought, what like, Christmas you know what? is for. Yes. I was like, you know what? It's been too many months and I haven't finished this show, which I really enjoy. So, uh, yeah, started the final season and um, it wraps up certain characters' stories, but not everybody's, at least as far as I can see. There's certain characters where you kind of don't know what has happened to some of them. Yes. Um, and I would like either a little film or another episode or something like that to maybe like an El Camino style type of film where it's just a little two hour thing. Although the last two episodes combined are two hours and 45 minutes, which I think is more than enough time to wrap up what they had at that point after 11 yeah. episodes are gone. Because I remember going in and th- I wanted to watch the last two back to back and that was two hours, 45 minutes. So I think they had plenty of time because some people like, oh, the season was a bit rushed, which I don't really agree with. I mean, there is no, a lot of characters in the, in the series, but uh, I don't know. You had like a lot of time with Alex and Piper, which that relationship was kind of interesting, but then had too much time spent on it and it didn't really go too many different places. Um, so one of one of the, because we spoke recently in the, uh, the Best of 2019 podcast about how many final seasons there have been. Yes. And this is one of the, not one of the worst ones, I still, I think, maybe with Silicon Valley for that. It's I one disagree of the with you on, but yes, go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the ones that it still had some good stuff in it. It's just, I don't think they quite marked everything off. Yeah, so. I, I, it's been a while since I watched the finale, but I, I seem to remember it, it rounded things off reasonably well. I mean, some characters had very definitive endings on the, in that season, but uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, overall, I think they did a fairly reasonable job rounding things off. Um, it was always one of those things where there were so many characters that it was always going to be difficult to give everybody a satisfactory conclusion, but I think they did it for a number of the key characters, and I, I think that's probably the best you could ask for, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Robot, another final season that uh, I, yes. I quite enjoyed. I mean, when, when you go in to watch something like a series finale of Mr. Robot, you have to kind of keep in mind that, okay, there's a base storyline here, there's a base route of where the story is going, and then there's just the weird stuff around it. Yeah. The weird stuff around it was pushed up to 11 in the series finale but you kind of almost expected that in a way because I went in thinking like okay this might be like a really really weird episode but as long as I as long as I understand the base level of like okay where things 
ended where certain characters ended, which I did. I was happy with that. Mm. But yes, it does have some strange stuff in there. Yes. So, I went, so, so I went in expecting something and pretty much got what I expected, which uh, I was quite happy with. I mean, the whole series is kind of weird in certain different places, isn't it? But yeah, one of the one of the better jobs of, do, of doing a final season, uh, I guess, last year. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, I, uh, I really like that final few episodes. Um, mm. I, I was not entirely sure where they were going with it because it does take a sharp right turn a couple of episodes towards the end of like uh, okay what's happening here and I thought they did a, an amazing job with pulling that back and putting it in some context and really rounding that off um, it's a really satisfying ending I think to that series um, I think they pulled it together he pulled it together right at the end and really really nicely done one of the better season finales definitely yeah so I was quite happy with that uh, you season one I started yesterday after I'd finished Purge season two just a quick word on Purge season two a season that was full of just like shock factor kind of for the sake of it there was some good stuff in there but a lot of just like hey we're gonna do these crazy things just because it's the purge so right um, okay that was that that wasn't a final season i think they got a film coming out which is supposed to follow up to season two because it hasn't right, actually okay. been renewed for three but it's got another film coming out so um yeah you season one of course with uh, joe going after the girl of his dreams um and it, it's interesting so there was one thing i kept in my head from what you said about season one which is that you feel sorry for him at a certain point and even within like the first two or maybe three episodes you do feel quite sorry for him just because this um i think it's becky or beck yes in the um, first season yeah just things that constantly get in the way of like their relationship and uh her kind of putting him off other things mainly yeah Peach. i mean it's uh, it's interesting that the way that it plays because I mean the guy yeah. is a serial stalker essentially and the way that they portray the female lead in that is, I mean she's a nice enough person but she's unbelievably flaky and annoying at times mm. and it's really interesting how they've managed to walk that line that still gives you some sympathy for him despite the fact that he's clearly a terrible human being it's fairly yeah. nice there's a certain amount of the sort of Dexter kind of thing going on there of, of you know yes he's a serial killer but whereas I think Dexter was in somewhat slightly more moral than uh, than Joe is but they still managed to kind of have some sympathy for him which is intriguing I think, I think they did a really interesting job creating that character it's very very well played yeah, yeah I fully agree with that I mean like just the amount of times that Beck's like oh sorry my friend or this thing has come up and Joe's like I was getting somewhere with you and like <laughs> you just yeah. uh, you got to like like that she gets a phone call or a text or something and or mainly to do with the peach obviously uh played by i think it's shay mitchell i recognize yes. her from um the very little that i saw of pretty little lies which i think was about two right, episodes yes. which was about three or four years ago i can't remember um i recognized her for that reason i suppose um yeah her character called i think it's peach or peaches yes um of course she's one of the big uh obstacles in his way uh, yes. also a guy called benji as well is an obstacle in his way but um yeah it's, it's really interesting when because there is a fine line between and like okay what will we we as the audience allow Joe to do because he clearly cares about this woman yes. uh, Becky and he wants what's best for her and he says in his many monologues about like okay I could cook for you and take care of your books and do this and that for you and it's like clearly he wants to be just this loving boyfriend he's just got these annoying obstacles in his way so <laughs> it, it's sort of about like okay where do you draw the line about like okay he's doing too much or he's being too violent they, they like go right up to that line but I don't think they cross it necessarily well, um, certainly not at first. Yes. <laughs> no. Just for like reference, I've seen, I think it's eight episodes. So it does maybe cross a couple of lines depending on how you yeah. look at a couple of things. 
I get what you mean. It is weird because he's doing those things for Beck and it kind of works, but it's still bad. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's it's, a, it, it's very, very nicely played that. I mean, clearly mm-hmm. he's not a good person, but it's sort of playing around with this, you know, almost mental illness kind of thing that is going on within him mm-hmm. of this obsession that he has. And it sort of leans into that a bit more. And it, you have a certain amount of sympathy for him, despite the fact that he is clearly a terrible human being as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's um, really interesting. The second season of that, of course, is out now. And I, I've watched yes. the first episode of that, which has him move to L.A. I obviously don't want to tell you sort of any more about what goes on in season one, just in case you go, because you haven't finished it yet. Uh, mm-hmm. But yes, they, they move everything to L.A. for the second season. And it sort of continues on with him being obsessed with people. But yeah, it's it's great. And uh, I've, I'm not that far into season two because I've had so many other things to get through as well. <laughs> But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, there has been a lot even, around even that. in December and January. Yes, even yeah. in December, the the, the returning you, shows later on in the podcast did ridiculous. Um, mm, but you, uh, yeah, you'd think it's October or something, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, no, it's <laughs> crazy. I mean, I know we usually, you know, the January is the start of a new TV season technically, but I mean, it's usually we don't start to see a real flood of things until February. But just mm. this January, that's when like crazy. mid-season returns happen. Y- yeah, it? yeah. So yeah. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the Outer Worlds, of course, from yes. Obsidian, who are the developers of some of the older Fallout games. Uh, just for reference, I've played Fallout 4, haven't played New Vegas, haven't played 3, and will never play Fallout 76, because mm-hmm. why would I do that to myself? Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, this game kind of goes to show that, like, okay, they don't really need Bethesda at all. Uh, I mean, now they've actually got in a relationship, of course, with Microsoft, because they're now owned by Microsoft, which they did that after this game came out. So, right. um, or at least... You know, this game wasn't part of that relationship. So this, so this game is also on PS4, uh, PC, and it's coming to Switch at some point, but I don't think there's a release date for that. But uh, right. those are just the places you can get it. Um, yeah, very, very Fallout-esque, of course. You know, same developers and all that sort of thing, going for a bit more of a sci-fi kind of angle as opposed to a sort of um, nuclear wasteland area. I mean, it's still got some of those themes in there yes. and everything. Uh, the, I'll, just, just for reference, I got up to where you get into that spaceship for the first time and you have that comedic kind of exchange with the, the computer so i've done a little right, bit of combat that's set up my fairly character, early on yeah that sort of thing yeah yeah fairly early on but um i'm liking it so far and um i've got a melee weapon i've got a little kind of pistol and everything and my next objective is to go i think go into the town and find uh i'll remember what it is of course when i read the objective when i go back yes. but to find some sort of uh part for the yes, for the ship to take off yes so, yeah yeah um i've actually finished the outer worlds i really enjoyed it it's a little shorter and not quite as expansive as maybe I would like, you know, certainly compared to something like Fallout 4. It's a smaller game, but I do love the world that they've set up and it's, I, I hope they will continue with it and I hope they will create a, a sort of Outer Worlds 2 and mm-hmm. that will build and grow. I think they're doing DLC. It. Yeah, I think they're, 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 it, yeah. It, it's a game that I think would fit DLC very, very well. Mm. Um, the base game, I, I wish had been expanded a little bit more, but I do like the world that they've set up. And uh, it's it's sort of Firefly-esque 
with the the ship and the crew that you end up getting together and you know so i rather like that and i like the huh. fact that everything's run by corporations and uh, the corporation just slightly bonkers as well so it's it's a really interesting setup that they've put out there and uh, i'm i'm looking forward to hopefully seeing a bit more of that world either through the dlc or from uh, further sequel or something. further yeah. sequels or, or whatever but uh, i do hope they continue with it it's uh, i i love obsidian obsidian are really really solid game developers they made new vegas i think out of the fall and they they some of the guys in it were involved in the very early original fallout games but new vegas which is is a great fallout game they were uh, the people that developed that and it's sort of often hailed as one of the more interesting ones out of that franchise run i still love fallout 4 which was bethesda's thing mm-hmm mainly because you can mod it to death and add all sorts of stuff into it. But, yeah. uh, and, it and it also worked as well. Yes, good. and it also worked, unlike, <laughs> unlike Fallout 76. Yeah. So, yeah. So for me, I mean, I, I've been going through, I've been playing a few games, uh, various bits and pieces. I've got back into City Skylines recently and uh, obviously still playing around with Planet Zoo. And um, I, I had a brief kind of delve back into The Witcher for a bit and, and just other bits <laughs> and pieces. I wonder why. <laughs> yes, I wonder why that was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been messing around on a few older games, but mainly with TV, it's been kind of just going through things that have come out uh, so Marvelous Mrs. Maisel which came out for its third season I finished that really solid season again uh, I love the writing on that show it's so funny you uh, said multiple times before if you like the Gilmore Girls this is definitely a show to look out for because the writing is very very similar to the Gilmore Girls same people behind it ends in a really downbeat place as well which I thought was which they, they again they used to do that with some of the Gilmore Girls episodes as well or some of the Gilmore Girls series so ends in a really kind of downbeat place but brilliant again and uh, i'm sure it'll be coming back for another season lost in space the second season of that came out at the end of the first season as you remember sort of has some spoilers for people who haven't seen it but has them sort of flown off to a, an entirely different planet separated from everybody else again they're leaning heavily into the story of, of the uh boy and his robot that was sort of quite a big theme in the first of season and they continue that through as well so a lot of it is is regarding this relationship between will and the robot the robot features quite heavily towards the sort of second half of this season well put together it's a fun family sci-fi there's nothing too kind of adult in there i don't think it's it's a good solid family sci-fi drama and i really like what they're doing with that i think it's hopefully it's coming back for another season as well thoroughly enjoyed the second season of that and uh, i do hope to see a bit more of it the witcher that i have finished as well i really enjoyed this series i know it's had kind of some people bashing it because some people saying oh it's not enough like the games some people saying it's too much like the games which is bizarre because it's entirely based on, it's supposed to be entirely based on the book um mm-hmm. some people then complaining that it's not enough like the book and you're like i just can't please fans 
So, um, yeah, I mean, I've not read any of the books. I have played the games. And I, I mean, I didn't feel that it was particularly that true to the games, but then it was never meant to be. I mean, there are sort of little elements in there, but, you know, it is its own adaptation, as it should be. And I was perfectly happy with that. I really enjoyed it, though. And I think it wasn't perfect. There was a few little issues. Uh, the jumping around in time, I think, could have been signposted a little bit better than it was because that could get very confusing at times even if it had just been maybe altering the filter over some of the different time periods so you got a slightly different visual effect from one time period to another because it it all blended together and I don't know whether that was intentional to kind of confuse the viewer or whether it was just something that they hadn't quite decided what they were going to do with but that would be probably my main criticism was it it got a little difficult to follow up in places because it was jumping around in time so much but apart from that Henry Cavall is superb as Geralt uh, I think the ca- casting overall works really really well uh, Yennefer I think comes across very well it, it's solid I think and uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they do with season two of that you did that crazy podcast marathon on this didn't you yes I did I actually did the whole thing in one day so <laughs> yeah really really enjoyed it of course I did the the four episodes for it I what I tried to sort of do was to avoid like keeping the middle episodes too long I sort of did them a bit shorter and then at the end when I did seven and eight did a bit of a longer podcast because there was no episodes to go and like you know continue with so it was yeah. a bit of a sort of uh, you know kind of quick ish podcast between the episodes and then one longer one at the end uh, to discuss more of, you know, the future of the show. Uh, Warner Brothers is weird not getting Henry back for Superman, which I find right. even more bizarre now that, I, now that I've seen more of Henry. Because before I'd only really seen him in um, Justice League and Batman v Superman. I'm sure I've seen him in some other stuff, but those are the two most recent things. Because uh, I didn't see the Mission Impossible right. film that he was in where, where the famous moustache thing actually oh, yes. came from. But uh, yeah, now that I've seen him for, you know, several more hours or eight more hours roughly, it's it just even more bizarre isn't it that they don't want to get him back like the man's clearly talented and, and the weird thing is is they haven't even said okay we they've not said anything about Superman for no. uh, years maybe at this point not even in terms of like, okay we want to do Superman but maybe it's not Henry or we do want to do it but we're not sure about Henry they've just not said anything so it's no, it's very it's very strange very so. backburnered yeah the, well the DC stuff is all a bit up in the air at the moment so we'll yeah. see but. but it's just weird that you know Superman's one of the major DC characters and then like here is uh, Birds of Prey and here is uh, Black Adam <laughs> yeah it's like I, right but where's Superman you know yes so, yeah I mean we've got strange. Batman coming so you know maybe yeah, maybe post that possibly we'll see um, the other thing that I watched was Dracula I actually finished that earlier on today that's the three part adaptation of Dracula from Gattis and Moffat it's very Gattis and Moffat throughout you can definitely tell it's them writing it it's got very much their humour behind it really intriguing adaptation lots of interesting twists and turns there are some massive shifts in it I won't go into any more detail than that because uh, yeah, I know people might not have watched them all yet but yes they take it in some very interesting different directions and not where I thought they would take it 
one of the areas they do cover, which I think we can say because he's spoken about this on stage at MCM, was the uh, the second episode takes takes place almost entirely aboard the ship which takes Dracula from Europe to the UK. That is a sort of very short passage in the book, and they actually expanded that so you can see what goes on on the boat. It was a really interesting thing that they put together. Uh, the third episode in particular, I really enjoyed rather gives the impression that this is probably a one-off thing and not something that's going to become a series but uh, I I could stand to see more of that if they wanted to do more of it maybe they'll they'll not do Dracula they'll do something else maybe they'll start doing other hammer horror things I I don't know uh, later (laughs) on but I did really enjoy it it's three episodes they're two hours or two and a bit hours I think each but well worth going to watch if you've not caught that yet Uh, this is us season three I started to watch because that was released Christmas Day on Amazon yes, Prime was, yeah. uh, of, of all times, which is a weird time to launch <laughs> it. But uh, I'm slowly sort of working my way through that. I do like that show. It's 20 odd episodes though, so it's not one I'm going to get to the end of anytime quickly, I think. Mm. Nice to have that back. It has, I think, officially been dropped by more for now, so hopefully it will come back onto Amazon Prime and we'll get it regularly on there. I would like them to pick it up as a sort of next day rather than dropping it as a box set. But uh, at the moment it's it's third season is on there as a box set. We'll see what happens moving forward, whether it stays on there or whether it moves somewhere else i don't know but that is there if you want to go and watch that doom patrol i also started i'm a couple of episodes into that not what i expected it's really enjoyable i mean i I thought it would be good fun um it's much stranger than i thought it was going to be Mm. it's kind of a show about this group of misfit not heroes as such super powered people that are flung together by this mad scientist and then he disappears and it's how they deal with things after that it is a lot weirder than i thought it was going to be and uh, i am enjoying it though very much so it's it's longer than i thought it was well i think it's actually 15 episodes i thought it was going to be like an eight episode run but it's actually 15 episodes looking at it um so um yeah that's on stars play if you want to go and check that out that's on the, the which you can get on amazon but you can also get on apple tv and various other places it's annoying that they're in different places because you've got titans on netflix yeah. you got that that on um stars then what's the other one uh, you got like uh, pennyworth that's on stars and stuff yeah, as well and then you've and got, then, course, something you got which is on amazon yeah so it's something yeah, yeah on amazon and then so, you've got, of course, the Arrowverse shows on Netflix and Sky, and it's yeah, yeah this is it's, it's, it's that's the good thing about when we get these uh, MCU shows; they'll all be on Disney Plus. Yes, they will. So, I mean, cause, I know because all another... the other ones are, are ending anyway, like Runaways and Agents of Shield. So once all those are finished, uh, yeah. the others will all just be on Disney Plus. Yeah, so. the only oddities will be the Hulu shows. Uh, we don't know where they're going to end up because there yeah. are a couple coming yeah. onto Hulu. We don't know exactly where they're going to go, but certainly the the main MCU shows are going to be on Disney Plus so uh, I know it's another streaming service to pay for but I think that one will be worthwhile other things that have started Doctor Who of course came back Uh, I really liked the opening couple of episodes which is a sort of the one overarching story called Spyfall it's interesting because Chris Chibnall's direction has rather split the Who audience it seems some people really like the new direction of it some people are not particularly happy with it I 
him somewhere in the middle I think there was an issue with his first season in that I don't think the overarching story was strong enough it was a bit vague and a bit woolly he seems to have massively if not entirely overcorrected that this season because they've gone for a huge thing and like a a big kind of world altering reveal for the opening episode so that certainly seems to be where they're heading with uh, the overarching story this season we'll see how that plays out but uh, I'm, I'm glad they've gone for something which is a bit more substantial as the overarching story and it's not just going to be episodic which is what it it felt like last season so I mean you know solid acting from all the people involved again but uh, we'll, we'll see where it lands but I am rather intrigued with the the overarching story he's picked this season it, it, that looks like it's going to be very interesting and a movie I watched while so I was off uh, well a couple of movies I guess uh, Star Wars have you seen Star Wars yet? yeah what did you think? yeah I did the, the review for it on the, on the day it came out I thought I thought it was a pretty good way to, to wrap things up quite enjoyed just, just everything that it did and I think kind of one of the differences with me and you know someone who's more of a hardcore Star Wars fan is they'll probably tell me about different like lore stuff that, that was wrong and, and that sort of thing but just I mean just overall as a Star Wars film I, I enjoyed it quite a bit and uh, of course we'll see what they do in is it 2022 or 23 or something when they when they're going to do some more films obviously the skywalker saga is finished now but uh yeah i quite enjoyed it yeah i mean i enjoyed it i don't think it was perfect i i think it's difficult i i sort of want to see a trilogy where jj had control of all three of them that is the one thing i don't understand is why why did brian johnson have the middle one well because jj wasn't supposed to be doing the third one that's why and JJ was their fallback director for the third one it was supposed to be somebody else Uh, and they they parted ways for whatever reason and that's why somebody else because it was supposed to be a different director for each of them and they ended up getting JJ to come back and kind of write the ship for the third one after there was very mixed reviews to The Last Jedi I rather think that the problem is now that I wanted to see a trilogy that was entirely done by JJ because I do rather feel that, that would have been a better idea, yeah. I, yeah, I, I rather feel that that last movie was the first kind of half an hour was a compressed version of what J.J. would have done for his second film and mm. the rest of it is kind of what he would have done for the third film. So you kind of got the, a trilogy but squashed into two movies because he, he almost entirely ignores The Last Jedi. I mean, almost completely. Mm. So that's a little tricky to deal with I, I thought they rounded it off quite well um, the last sort of heroic kind of scenes I think could have been done better it's kind of missing that end game moment of and here's everybody you know yeah, y- you yeah. kind of wanted that and it's not there so whilst I don't think it's a bad film I don't think it's quite as good as it could have been either um, so I'm sort of you know it, it's maybe three and a half stars out of five for me it's like i enjoyed it but it wasn't the end game completion stuff that you wanted out of it i think for mm-hmm. somebody who's so, been a fan of this for most of his life so yeah yeah i mean it sounds like kind of from what you're saying that okay if jj had done the second film which i fully agree with like it's it's weird when you look at the trilogy and you go jj ryan johnson then jj is like okay you, you just got this middle one and the middle is obviously quite important well, they're, they're all important but you know the middle setting up the ending and it's just that this other guy who's in there it's uh because yeah. it, it does give jj more of you know more to do 
in uh, I was going to say episode three, but episode, episode nine, part three, whatever. Yes. Because um, like you said, with the whole compressed first part. Yeah, it's a shame that kind of happened, but um, I don't know. Yeah. There you go. I am interested to see where they take things next because, I mean, they've, they're now mm, saying, yeah. okay, that's the end of the Skywalker star- saga. So I am interested to see what they do moving on from this and, you know, whether they, you know, the Mandalorian, I think, I, you know, he's doing great for them. So we'll mm-hmm. have to see whether they lean more into that sort of stuff playing around in the in the established timeline whether they move forward whether they go back into the old republic i mean an old republic movie series i think is something that fans have been crying out for and i think that would be interesting because you could stick a whole load of sith and jedi and put lightsaber fights and you know it it frees you up quite a lot because there's jedi and sith all over the place in that time period so Mm -hmm. there is a lot more you could do yeah because i mean you i mean for the for the tv future you've got quite a bright future where you've got of course Ian mcgregor's back as obi-wan at some point got mandalorian season two obviously we haven't had season one yet yeah um then you've got is it rebels or clone wars is coming back for another Uh, season uh clone wars clone wars has got final season coming and that seems to have a lot of excitement around it um, mm. hopefully they do something with Lando at some point because I'd, I'd like to see some aspect of Solo put into Disney Plus in some sort of way yeah. um, maybe maybe you get Donald Glover and is it Alden whatever his name was Alden um, Aaron Reich maybe, yes yeah maybe you get one of them two back and you do I, I don't see, know I like, think, like Lando with a Star Wars yeah you TV see I, I would I would ha- happily have Alden Aaron Reich back as yeah. uh, for a Solo TV series I think that could work extremely well because he was brilliant in that role I know the film had a lot of issues I actually quite enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a really fun heist caper movie and it maybe wasn't what people wanted, but I rather enjoyed it. You know, I went in with lower expectations because... I saw it on home release after the all the reviews had come out and were like really sniffy about it. But I thought he did a particularly brilliant job in it. And I would love to see him head a TV series and you could introduce the uh, Donald Glover Lando into that as well. You yeah, know, so yeah. that would be quite good if they could do something based around that. Mm. Um, or just get Donald Glover back for anything. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, uh, so yeah, that was, that was one of the uh, films that I saw. The other one was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is, has just taken a whole bunch of things at the Golden Globes last night. Mm. Interesting, that film. It's Tarantino's love letter to the sort of end of the golden age of Hollywood. I enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. It's like two and a half hours long. Unfortunately, there's only about half an hour's worth of plot in it. It okay. really is two hours of of kind of background and build up and uh it's beautifully shot and beautifully acted some interesting dialogue it just doesn't really go anywhere for two hours and then the last sort of half an hour you have a bit more explanation and it actually kind of ends quite strongly whilst overall it you know as i say it is is it's a well directed well acted beautifully shot you know sounds great all all that sort of stuff it's a really nicely put together film just the plotting is not that good you know it is like he sat around for two hours just to kind of write this love letter to Hollywood which is lovely but it sort of doesn't go anywhere and and then suddenly you've got like half an hour of actual story towards the end. It seems to have very much divided audiences of some people going, I thought it was terrible. And some people going, I thought it was the best thing that Tarantino's ever done. I think it's good, but it is slightly weird in the way that it's put together. And I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or not. 
Um, it's very difficult to tell with the Tarantino movie. But yes, I certainly did. I, I was kind of watching it and it's like not entirely sure why, where he's going with any of this for two hours of it. You know, with, with either of the films, there is a purpose. You know, it's, you look at something like Reservoir Dogs where you can see that it's going somewhere. There is a thing they have to do. That it's going to a point. And even with Pulp Fiction, there is, you know, there is a, a point to where they get trying to get to. Uh, and for once upon a time with Hollywood, that point isn't there. It's sort of meandering and sitting in that time in Hollywood, which is lovely and fine. And, you know, it's really interesting to see all that stuff. It's just, it's not going anywhere specific until the last half an hour of the film. Because there's like very mixed opinions on it. Uh, clearly there's a bunch of people that are in, in the uh, voting things in America that liked it because it's just won a bunch of Golden Globes. So, you know, but yeah, I'm kind of a bit, well, okay, you know, it's an interesting piece of artwork, but I'm not entirely sure it's the best film out there, really. So anyway, I mean, you know, if you're a Tarantino fan, go and watch it. It is nicely put together. Um, in terms of other things, bit of news about the show itself. I'm going to make a couple of changes this year. Uh, one of the, the main change being that I'm going to separate the interviews part of the show out into their own things rather than include them as part of the main show. So you don't need to change anything. It's all going to be out on the main feed. The reason for doing this is because I get to points in the year, particularly when things like Sundance are happening and that sort of thing, where it becomes difficult because I get offered a bunch of interviews and I can't get them out fast enough because I have to wait for this show to go out on the Tuesday. So what I've decided that I'm going to do is I'm going to take the interviews out of the main show entirely and put them out and do a sort of Geek Town behind the scenes podcast, which will go out during the week as well. So you're actually going to get more content. It's just the interview shows are going to be separate things from the main show. So this will still carry on being TV talk and, uh, you know, all that sort of good stuff. We may actually put more into this. This will either be a slightly shorter show or we may just put more more news and stuff in as well this show will still be here we're still carrying on it's just the interview bits will go out as their own podcast as well they'll all be in the same feed you don't need to resubscribe to anything it's all going to be there uh we've got a couple of interviews coming up this week one is with the medieval and dead pixel composers bob and barn and the other one is with the science youtuber diana cowan who is also known as physics girl she's on a new youtube bbc show called edge of science with rick edwards and colin first we've got those two interviews coming up this week they will go out in the feed so after this show goes out on tuesday there will be two interview shows that go out later on this week as well so uh, more content for you basically and uh, means the interviews will come out on sort of irregular schedule but they'll they'll come out as well in the same feed don't need to do anything like change feeds or anything it's all going to be there it's just you'll have two podcasts to download rather than one that's the only difference so uh, that's what's going on here at geek Town. Let's move on to some TV and film news. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. 
tap the banner to go to monday.com. So TV and film news this week, we start off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. In fact, in fact, it's mainly renewals, cancellations and pickups this week. Um, mm. Netflix has cancelled the high school apocalyptic dramedy Daybreak after one season. Did you watch any of this? I know you like your zombie I, things. I watched, uh, yeah, very much do like zombies, still looking for more. I feel like I've been saying that for almost a year now, but uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I got about four episodes into it, I think, and it, I just, it just didn't really click. There was some good stuff in there, and it, there is actually one plot point. I want to go back and see how that got resolved. just didn't think it was was quite as, as good as what I uh, wanted it to be in certain ways. It just okay. got a bit I mean, I went in expecting it to be weird, but it was just weird in ways I wasn't quite expecting and ways that I didn't quite enjoy. Okay. Um, it, it wasn't really in that sort of Shaun of the Dead type uh, vein or, or anything like that. It was just, I don't know, just weird in ways I didn't want or like. It's still a good show, I think, but of course there won't be any more of it. So there you go. Yeah, my guess is that was probably a budgetary versus viewing figures thing Possibly. for Netflix. Yeah. Um, that's usually the way. It seems like something that would probably go on like sci-fi or something. Right, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay, um, I know the sort of tone of show you're talking about, yeah. Um, I mm-hmm. hadn't actually watched this, and uh, I don't know whether I'll bother now, because there's too much other things to go and watch the cancelled <laughs> TV shows. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, but that won't be coming back. Uh, it's only got one season on Netflix. Fox UK have dropped bull by the sound of it. They have not got it on the schedules. Uh, they have not got any sign of it coming onto the schedules. It sounds like they go, they've actually dropped it officially now. It is a CBS show and one of the changes that happened towards the end of last year is CBS remerged with Viacom and Viacom are the people that own Channel 5 and the Channel 5 suite of channels in the UK. So it is possible that we may see it pop up on somewhere like 5 USA because they like Michael Weatherly and they like those sort of, I think they've been running, what is it, NCIS, was it he used to be on or one of those. Um, so, it, it, so it would fit on something like five USA and it may be that it ends up going across onto something like that. But as of right now, bull has no UK home until we hear otherwise. So that is not returning in the UK. Anyway, it is running in the US. It's not canceled. Uh, we're hearing rumors that channel four have actually picked up season 14 of supernatural. I'm trying to get to confirm whether that includes the 15th and final season as well. But, uh, it sounds like channel four will be airing the 14th season uh it's not appeared on the schedules yet but it sounds like they have actually picked it up uh, they're a bit but, far behind with that one I yes think. they are well they're yeah. over a year behind because yeah. yeah the season 15 is running right now and uh, i mean i don't know what the viewing figures will be like when it goes out because frankly i think any rabid supernatural fan has probably found another way of watching it at this point but uh, yes not that you should ever do that but uh, yeah it sounds like they have actually finally managed to do a deal for it in other changes to channels and stuff universal tv is officially shutting down on the 27th of January. It's going to be replaced by Sky Comedy. So that is one change. We're trying to find out what's happening with some of the shows that haven't moved from Universal TV to Sky Witness because they've moved a bunch of things over. But there are still a few shows like uh, Private Eyes and The Resident and a few other bits and pieces that haven't actually officially popped up anywhere else yet. So we don't know what's going to happen with those whether they've been dropped entirely whether they'll pop up somewhere else we don't know at the moment we've been trying to 
find out from Sky what is going to happen with them. We'll let you know when we know more about that. I mean, Sky Comedy has a whole bunch of things coming up. Uh, They've picked up the anthology comedy series Miracle Workers, which stars Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi, which I'm very much looking forward to. This was the thing. It's the season one is set in heaven and Daniel Radcliffe plays an angel and Steve Buscemi plays God. Uh, So, and he's a very kind of disillusioned God who's like far more interested in his hobbies than he is actually doing anything to help people of earth so that looks like it's going to be really funny and uh season one is uh, already gone out the second season starts actually i think on the 28th in the u.s it looks like the box set of Miracle Workers is going to get dropped on the 27th onto Sky On Demand. Presumably they're going to run that on Sky Comedy as well. I do wonder whether they've bought both seasons and maybe they'll drop the season one on as a box set and run season two straight away, possibly, but we'll we'll have to mm. see. They haven't announced actual air dates for that. All that's been announced is they have got it and that it sounds like the box set is going to land on the 27th. So we'll see what the exact scheduling for that is. Uh, they've also got Righteous Gemstones coming to Sky Comedy, AP Bio, Sunnyside, and Saturday Night Live, which has finally got a UK home. Tonight's show with Jimmy Fallon is also going to be on there. And then Ballers, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and Last Week Tonight with John Oliver are all going to move across to Sky Comedy from Sky Atlantic as well. So where uh, should be, if you like your comedy, should be a, a good channel to tune into when that lands. Uh, that's launching on the 27th, by the sounds of it, when Universal TV drops off. A couple of other changes as well. Five Spike is shutting down from the 7th of January. So by the time you hear this, that will have been shut down. It's been replaced by the Paramount Network, which is moving from Sky Channel 150, uh, Freeview Channel 31 and Virgin Media Channel 154. The only show that I think Five Spike used to premiere was Winona Earp. And I think it is going to stay on Paramount Network. So although Five Spike is moving, Winona Earp, I think used to, the reruns of it used to run on Paramount Network so I think that's probably where it's staying it just means they'll be premiering it now I haven't managed to completely confirm that but that looks to be what's going on but we'll we'll see when uh, that gets sorted out but uh, yes Five Spike is gone and Paramount Network has moved in terms of other renewals Raising Dion has been renewed for a second season on Netflix did you watch the first season of this? Yeah we both saw that didn't we? Yes um, I can, yeah, I can I like the first season yeah, I thought the first season was really good. It was a really interesting setup. The idea of a sort of kid dealing with superpowers and a very young kid dealing with superpowers, I thought yeah. was intriguing. And uh, they did a really interesting job with the first season of that. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes in the second season. Uh, Killing Eve, of course, has been renewed for a full season. Uh, this is even before season three has aired. Season three not due out until spring in the US, and then it will be sometime after that in the UK. We don't know when. But uh, yeah, they've renewed that for a full season already again something else that's picked up awards all over the place apparently season four doesn't have a showrunner set which is no it doesn't they have a new female showrunner every season so the season showrunner for season three is different to the one for season two and then it was phoebe waller bridge who launched it with season one but it's had a different showrunner every season it will be a new female showrunner for the fourth season as well so that that's just in keeping with how they do things uh Mm. so i do wonder how long that show can can last but Mm. uh i don't know i don't i don't think it's it's got near to like running its course yet but another two seasons I, 
maybe it will fall, fall be the last one we don't know but uh, I just wonder how long you can keep that going for yeah. but then Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer are very very good so yes they are very very good it, it, it is something that I think probably has a slight shelf life just based on the plot but we'll see and then Disney Plus have moved up the premiere of WandaVision to this year so uh, that will be arriving in 2020 it was originally scheduled for 2021 so we're going to get two Marvel series this year rather than just one which is good news Falcon and Winter Soldier is also airing this year I do wonder if part of the reason for this move because Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be at the end of the year towards sort of you know autumn and i do wonder if maybe they're going to move that up now so you've got one that's say easter and one that's in the autumn maybe they're mm. going to do it that way because they've been shooting falcon and winter soldier for a while and they've been shooting wandavision for a while as well so they are both currently in production or you know may have even wrapped production at this point so it's possible that you could see falcon and winter soldier get moved up so it coincides with the uk launch of disney plus i I don't, know, nice. I don't know anything <laughs> for a fact on that, but it would kind of make sense as a way of pushing that launch out to the British public. If you can say, hey, you know, not only have we got the Mandalorian, which you haven't seen legally anywhere in the UK, <laughs> we've also got Falcon and Winter Soldier launching. I mean, that that would make sense to me to have a big launch show. Yeah. I, plus, I then, plus then you got one property from their two big IPs. Yeah, uh, exactly. One Disney and one Marvel. So, yeah, uh, so, one Star Wars, one model. Well, it's yeah. all Disney, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, so that would make sense to have a big launch show. I mean, it may be that they move up one division, but I rather expect that one division's probably got a lot more CGI work than maybe Falcon Winter Soldier does. Uh, yeah. And Falcon Winter Soldier, I think, started production earlier as well. So I think it's more likely if we if if that happens, and it is a very big if at the moment because they've not confirmed anything, but if they move that up, I suspect we're going to get Falcon Winter Soldier first and then WandaVision later. But we'll we'll see. It's, I'm glad we're getting both of them this year. I mean, they, that has been one of the criticisms of a lot of these streaming services. It's like with Apple, they can't churn things out fast enough because I've watched like the, their main launch shows now and then haven't been back to it really. So they need to be churning out stuff a lot faster than they are doing. And that's been one of the criticisms now that Mandalorian has run on Disney Plus it's like I mean they have got a lot of other stuff on there and they've got a whole Disney back catalogue so I mean there is but the the new shows aren't coming through quick enough that's been the the argument but they've got a lot of stuff coming this year so we'll we'll see yeah I'm excited for Disney Plus yes me too definitely that is one that I'm very very much looking forward to so um, mm, arguably obviously one of the bigger guys uh, yeah. coming in for uh, with, you know one of the bigger companies coming in with their streaming service yeah yeah because <laughs> Disney owns half the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, there, there was that what stat recently that like one in three cinema tickets that were sold. Yeah, I watched that on uh, John Campion's show yesterday. He did yeah. a, a video on it. It's just incredible. Yeah, it's insane. They they, they outsell like their, their three nearest film competitors. You've got to like clump those three film competitors yeah. together. I think it was Warner Brothers, Sony and, and someone else. Yeah, Universal, I think. Warner I think Brothers, it was Sony, Universal. Uni- yeah. Universal. You've got to clump those together to be able to get anywhere near close to what Disney made at the cinema last year. And they're, they're basically responsible for one in three ticket sales. It's an insane amount of money. It's something yeah. like 11 billion or 7 billion or something worldwide it was some ridiculous so uh yes i'm not short of cash anyway over there at disney no 
<laughs> Speaking of uh, Disney and uh, those sort of things, we have the results of the Geek Town Awards because that happened over the uh, Christmas break. So uh, we have the uh, results of that now. So um, we'll go. I thought we'd kind of go through this because there isn't much actual news around at this time of year. So I thought this would be something we should go through. So the Geek Town Awards, these are obviously things that you as the public voted for in your thousands. Thank you for coming on and voting. Uh, two very lucky people have gone and won the prizes, so uh, they've been contacted. In terms of the things that you voted for, the uh, best new non-sci-fi drama we had, this was kind of interesting because I did wonder what was going to get picked up with this. Because sometimes with this, you end up with things like the BBC shows doing well purely because they're BBC shows and more people have access to them when you, the public are voting for them but uh, mm-hmm. shows the prevalence of Netflix I think this because we got the uh, the third place went to the capture which was the BBC One show but then Silver and Gold uh, the second place goes to Dead to Me which was brilliant I really love that and the first place went to You I think partly helped by the fact that the second season is now out as well of course possibly yeah fairly good selection I thought out of that I mean Dead to Me you, I know you really like that show as well yep I've seen um, all Almost half of one of these shows, which is you, have seen all the dead to me and I haven't seen any of the capture. Yeah. So. Capture was a good series as well. That was a solid drama. Two wins for Netflix there, which was good. Uh, BBC come back strong, though, in the returning non-sci-fi drama category. Uh, Jack Ryan took the third place for that. Peaky Blinders took second place and uh, first place went to Line of Duty because it's Line of Duty. And a uh, lot of uh, awards for Jeb Mercurio for Bodyguard last year because Line of Duty wasn't around and then Line of Duty's back. He's picking up awards all over the place for Line of Duty. So uh, that's good for him. Best limited series. There was only really one show that was ever going to win this. And uh, I have the voting percentages and just a landslide win for this show. Uh, So third place went to Unbelievable, which I was very happy about. And I'm sure you're incredibly happy about that because I know how much you love that. Yeah, yeah. Second place went to Good Omens on Amazon Prime. But by with like 50% of the vote, Chernobyl. Wow. It was a ridiculous ridiculous win for that and again it's picked up a whole bunch of golden globes this weekend as well i mean completely thoroughly deserved it's a spectacular if very dark and grim series but it's it's really really fabulous that and uh totally totally deserve that win i, I really enjoyed good omens as well i thought that was a really great adaptation but unbelievable was it i i was very very happy to see that pick up third place because i really like that show i thought the great cast leads i it's a shame that that's a limited series we said before i could quite happily sit and watch those two girls do more <laughs> yeah know? just give them a uh, detective spin-off yeah yeah, I know that was based on true story, but I think you could just take those characters and give them like a straight detective spin-off show. It would work brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah. Best new comedy series top three went to uh, Brassic in third place, What We Do in the Shadows in second place, and Afterlife in first place. Again, another win for Netflix. Yeah, I was sort of surprised that Afterlife actually took the top spot for this, but I'm very happy it did because I really, really like that show. I was very pleased that Brassic did so well as well because uh, I didn't hear anybody talking about Brassic this year. Which, no, uh, no. Uh, I don't know. Surprised to see it on here just just because of that. Yeah. Um, I saw I think two episodes of it and it was good for what it was. It, it was that kind. You know, quirky sort of British show. Yeah. Um, what we do in the shadows, I've not seen, but of course, Afterlife is uh, very, very good. And plus, you got you got Ricky Gervais in there, which uh, is very, yes. very good as well. Yes. I'm sure he'd I'm sure he'd have a very long speech to give about this <laughs> win here. 
So <laughs> yes, I, 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 I'm sure. I, you would. I, I watched his uh, speech this morning from um, the Golden his, Globes. Uh, Golden Globes intro. It was very, very good vicious, stuff. So, absolutely yeah. vicious. But uh, yes, it, it was hilariously funny. He's, yeah. I don't know whether you listened to just the audio or actually saw a video of it. But no, I, I saw mean, the video as well. Did, there yeah. was some faces not very happy about some of the jokes he was making. But uh, yes, mm. it was really funny. Really, really funny that speech. Mine, of course, says he didn't look very happy, did he? Um, but, I, uh, actually, he did laugh at the thing. I think he laughed about the uh, the joke he made about his height. Mm. The, that he did find quite funny, but there were some people yeah. that were very stony faced. Right. <laughs> but, I love uh, the fact he found he found just that little like what ten seconds or a minute not a minute like a little bit of time to plug his own show as well. Yes. that was great. Yeah. He's like, oh, you'll probably have more fun watching uh, Afterlife on Netflix, which you can go and do. Yes. Um, than watching this, I thought that was great. So yeah, he was very good. He was brilliant at the Golden Globes. It's worth there are videos floating around online. You can go and find that. It's uh, the entire intro was just roasting Hollywood and with sheer contempt throughout, and it was hilarious. Best returning comedy series, Bronze went to The Good Place, Silver goes to Derry Girls, and Gold goes to Fleabag. Um, I, I mean, you and I would definitely say The Good Place deserves the top spot on this, I think. But it's mm-hmm. no great shock that uh, Fleabag took the lead, because it's Fleabag, and it wins everything. So Yeah, yeah. Um, Deservedly so, but... Um... Yeah, good stuff yes. with that. I was so. interested to see Derry Girls up there. It's not a show that I've watched particularly, but... It's not um, a show that I hear many people talking about. No, I know uh, it gets quite a reaction whenever I post anything about it, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm not overly surprised, but... Uh, you yeah. might have a small but strong and dedicated fan base. Maybe, so, maybe. maybe. I know it, it does. does It does very well for Channel 4. Um, yeah. It's, it's only like uh, third or fourth season or something. Yeah, so. it is. I think it's only third or fourth season, so uh, it, it seems to do really well for Channel 4, so, you know, that's good. Over on Best New sci-fi fantasy series we have bronze goes to dark crystal age of resistance silver went to carnival row gold went to his dark materials i would have actually given it to carnival row personally out of those three although i mean we had a couple of apple tv shows in there and i think those suffered from the fact that just people don't have another subscription yes Plus, it's not available in that many different places. Like, you can't get it on a Roku box or on a console. You can get it on a Roku box, actually. Can you? Oh, yes. not the one that I've got, but uh, uh, yes. not, not on all yes, of them. Not all Roku boxes, because I've got right. it on a Roku stick. Uh, that's how okay. I run it. But uh, yes, right. it's not available as like apps on all TV. And yeah, so it is trickier to get hold of. There are some great shows on there. Although, as I say, after the launch shows, there's not really much else to watch. That's part of the problem with it. It hasn't got like a huge back catalogue of things like netflix or amazon mm-hmm. have so that's where it struggles now dark crystal i haven't actually got around to watching yet which i know is sacrilege but uh yes i i haven't got around to watching yet i will do at some point but i know that's been hugely popular i really mm. like carnival row his dark materials i haven't actually got to the end of yet um i it seems to have gone very down very well with philip pullman fans and they seem to have done a very good job with it it just didn't grab me as much as mm-hmm. some other things and there's just been a lot of stuff of, around none of these three shows grabbed me <laughs> right Okay. I, I tried episodes from all of them and I, I, uh, I didn't, I, not that I didn't like them, they just didn't click for me. I can tell where, you know, certain fans of like Dark Crystal and stuff would really like the show, but uh, just not for me. And that's okay. Yeah, I do so. intend on going back and finishing his Dark Materials because people tell me it's really good and I have seen a few episodes of it. I just, it's a bit slow going to start off with and uh, I, I don't know the books at all. So, but it apparently has done a reasonable job of, of adapting the books. Uh, they've, they've kind of messed around with the book timeline 
lines. But that seems to have been okay with fans. They seem to be quite happy with it. Best returning sci-fi fantasy series. We've got third place, we've got Star Trek Discovery. Second place, Handmaid's Tale, the top place gold went to Stranger Things and I think that's entirely deserved this season because I thought this season Stranger Things was superb I yeah. really yeah. really thought they pulled uh, you know the, the, I mean it's always good but I thought they just really pulled a great show out this season I really enjoyed it I mean I love Discovery as well and uh, second season of that I thought was great Handmaid's Tale I thought was good but yes out of those three certainly Stranger Things will be the one I would have voted for I think Handmaid's Tale is still good I just wonder how much more it's got in it yes um, but it's still a good show which is you know what's relevant here so uh, and of course Elizabeth Moss is uh, pretty much always good so. yes yeah uh, I mean I just rather suspect that's going to be winding down fairly soon they have talked about adapting the follow-on novel so they yeah. are there is talk of them doing that so although this may end potentially there is going to be more carrying on within that world it's just going to be a you know different cast and everything else yes there is that and Discovery's back reasonably soon I think well we don't know exactly when but uh, mm-hmm. should be back I suspect it'll be after Picard finishes yeah, I, I it will be. it will be I would so. have thought it'll be the next thing after Picard mm-hmm. so best new comic book series this was very close in terms of the third and second place uh, as we've been saying all along actually when we did our lists earlier on your show third place went to the Umbrella Academy second place went to the boys the top spot went to Watchmen deservedly so I think that was an astounding piece of work those are the three shows I definitely would have gone for out of the list this year uh, yeah, and there's some really good shows in there so yeah they are some really because I mean we had Titans in that list and Swamp Thing and and uh, Pennyworth and Raising Dion but those are definitely the three that I would have gone for they're interesting they're different they are comic book adaptations but they're very very different comic book adaptations uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Damien Lintoff did a phenomenal job with Watchmen and I think it was it was a, a fascinating way that he put together a series based on a comic book without treading on any of the beloved original work you know mm-hmm. so I, yeah. I think he did a phenomenal job with that and there was like 0.2 of a percent between Umbrella Academy and the boys in the voting it was really really close they're pretty much dead level mm. and as we said before I I really struggle to pick between those two because I think they're both really standout series and had the Watchmen not been there I don't know what I would have done I don't know which one I would have picked to go top because yeah uh, I think Watchmen probably is the best out of not just these three but all of the ones that uh, that are listed yes so, definitely uh, I think out of Umbrella Academy and boys they are pretty close but i think i'd give it to uh, umbrella academy yeah. maybe but again yeah. they're very close and they're all really good good choice but those are the top three uh returning comic book series interestingly is exactly there's loads of these. <laughs> yeah there's always a yeah. lot of these uh, exactly the same as last year though in exactly the same places mm. uh so third place went to gotham second place went to agents of shield first place went to the walking dead which i know will surprise some people but uh yeah exactly the same as last year that's exactly the same positions exactly the same three shows that uh were voted in returning comic book series last year is that for the final season of Gotham yeah so that's because season wasn't season four I know that season four and five were both aired weren't they it was season three that was on Netflix wasn't it yeah yeah so uh, that is the final season of Gotham that we're covering there and the what we now know to be the penultimate season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. um Mm -hmm. 
And uh, yeah, Walking Dead Top, which is a show that, of course, we both love. But I think deservedly so this year, given that the way Angela Kang has managed to pull that show back has been phenomenal. Um, yeah, she's yeah. done such an amazing job. If you if you dropped out of The Walking Dead a few seasons ago, go back to it because because it's really turned a corner. And uh, he's you know Angela Kang as the new showrunner has made such a huge difference on that series. It's been thoroughly enjoyable. And uh, you know as we've said before, I know it's numbers. Are massively down and you may think oh well nobody watches it anymore well yes there are a lot less people watching it as far as we're aware but it's still the highest rated shows on AMC and when you're running away from a bear you only have to run away from (laughs) from the people that are running with you not everybody in the entire world as we say it's only compared to the other people on the Mm -hmm. AMC network and the top two rated shows on AMC are Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead so you know it ain't going anywhere for the time being I I rather suspect plus plus it's still not cool up to his actual comic book so no it's not yeah so. no it's, it's got a few seasons left in it yet I I suspect it may make it to 12 um, something like that 12, yeah. 30 maybe I, you know he's got a few more seasons left in it yet before they they decide I think they're probably going to have to wrap it but uh, yeah definitely deserves to be there given how well it's turned around moving on to British TV show of the year we have the top three of uh, Good Omens in third place Peaky Blinders in second place and Line of Duty once again takes the top spot I don't think there's any huge surprises in there best male performance we got third place went to Brian Cox not the science one uh, for succession Damien Lewis second place for Billions and uh, Kit Harrington for Game of Thrones which uh, you may have noticed Game of Thrones distinctly missing from most of this list mm-hmm. deservedly so I think uh, given that <laughs> atrocious season but um, well I mean maybe not atrocious that may be a slightly harsh but yes less than well-received season uh, but you know we shouldn't penalise the actors for that they're already there doing their job and I thought Kit Harrington did a solid job in Game of Thrones so yes I, I think that's deserved I don't know who I would choose particularly from this list I did like Steve Carell in the morning show and that's kind of a difficult role to pull off where like obviously the, the whole Me Too thing that that, that character was yeah. involved with but uh, Steve Carell himself obviously he's not the guy that did it he's just the guy that's playing the character mm. um, did a really good job with that but uh, no I thought Kit Harrington was very good in, in the season and the other two Succession and Billions I don't watch so I have seen both of those. Brian Cox is great in Succession. He's really good. Uh, and Damien cool. Lewis, I really like in Billions as well. So I think that's fine. And it is sort of the last opportunity to give Kit Harrington an award for, for Game of Thrones. So fair enough. Over on uh, Best Female Performance, uh, Bronze goes to the uh, usually wins everything, Olivia Coleman. She picked up a Golden Globe last night uh, for The Crown. And uh, she is, of course, playing the Queen in The Crown. She actually only got the third place in our awards. Silver went to Amelia Clark for Game of Thrones. Nobody can beat Jodie Comer off the top spot for Killing Eve. So uh, yes, it was Jodie Comer for Killing Eve that took the gold. I mean, it is a fabulous performance in Killing Eve. And yeah. whilst it would have been nice for Kit and Amelia to both get the golds this year, I can't blame people for voting Jodie Comer in that. I think that's mm-hmm. well-deserved. I'd still quite easily, and I mean quite easily, go for Merritt Weaver. Uh, well, yes. For what, what she did. But that's just, of course, me. Merritt Weaver in Unbelievable was yes. fabulous, fabulous. I I, I love Jim Smart in Watchmen as well, which he was also on the list. Uh, and yeah, Regina very, very good. Watchmen, so. Yeah. so that moves us out of TV and onto our game of the year. Uh, third place went to Gears 5, second place to Call of Duty Modern Warfare, top place went to uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which, I mean, I think 
that's fair enough, isn't it? <laughs> One of the reasons I'm laughing is because this is my game of the year list, but in opposite order. Because right, right. I, I, I would have had, I had Gears at one, Call of Duty at two, and Star Wars at three. So it's pretty much the same, just in a bit of a different order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I, yes, I would probably. I mean, I, I people know I love those building games, and I thought Planet Zoo was fabulous. And we did have that in the list, but. I, I don't think it's any great shock that Fallen Order got the top spot, and uh, I think it's deserved. I think it shows that single-player, yeah, yeah. story-driven Star Wars games work incredibly well, and they should yes, make EA. more of they them. Do. Yes, EA, they do. <laughs> you might have killed several Listen. of them and shut down lots of studios, but uh, yes. they still do. We want single-player games, <laughs> EA. Listen to us. Yeah. Uh, so yes, more of that, please. And uh, I think I'm sure they'll milk it with a bunch of DLC. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be more stuff coming. Yeah. Movie of the year. Our top three were Lion King in third place, Joker in second place, Avengers Endgame in first place. Joker, I think, did incredibly well. I, it's one of those things that you never quite know, being that it's what it was an 18 rated, 15 or 18 rated, wasn't it? But it, I mean, it, it's much more of an art house movie than is a comic book adaptation that felt but yeah. I, I mean it is a phenomenally good film and Whacking Phoenix is brilliant in it again I picked up a, an award last night at the Globes very glad to see that after yes. all the somewhat stupid controversy that film received um, yes that, that he too. That, 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 they, that they didn't shy away from giving him that award which you shouldn't because you know he still did a great regardless of what you think of the film he still still did a really really good performance yeah uh, and I mean in terms of in terms of taking the top spot nothing was going to move Enga out of that spot I don't think um, mm-hmm. I mean and yeah. well deserved just a, a brilliant roundup of 10 years of movie making essentially that Endgame was so um, yeah I, I think that's entirely appropriate that that's there moving on to most anticipated categories this is interesting actually because I, I look back at last year and the most anticipated categories from last year were uh, the winners were Watchmen for TV show Fallen Order for game and Endgame for movie all of which won gold this year <laughs> so uh, let's hope for a repeat of that it's one of those rare years where the yeah. the expectation actually matched up with the hype and, and the end product so uh, I was very happy about that all the most anticipated from last year actually took gold this year which is great in terms of most anticipated TV series we have now this is an odd one because I'm sure there are some people that have seen these because they're out in America and the so you've got uh, the third place which was Mandalorian Lorian. Second place was The Witcher and the gold went to Star Trek Picard. Uh, Mandalorian, I'm sure there are people out there that have watched The Mandalorian given that it's out in America. The Witcher is of course now out, which it wasn't when we started the awards because the awards run from the end yeah. of November to the end of November. It all got released in the voting process, didn't yeah, it? So this, that went yeah. through the date. Interestingly, even though it's out and some people have seen it, it still can't shift Star Trek Picard off the top slot. <laughs> so uh, that of course is coming... Uh, uh, January, February, later, later on. A couple it is, of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks that's coming yeah. to Amazon Prime. That will be coming. So um, I'm very much looking forward to that. I think it looks like it's going to be a really good series. So uh, we'll see. And then, That'll be an interesting one for me as well, because that's one that I have like, I know glimpses of it 
because I saw it when I was quite, uh, saw the, uh, is it Next Generation? When I was very, very young. So I recognize certain characters. Obviously, I recognize uh, Patrick Stewart as Picard, but certain other characters, I'll sort of be like, I recognize that person's face, but like don't know anything about them. But uh, yeah. I'm sure the TV show will tell me who uh, everybody is. So Yes, I'm sure there will be a certain amount of that going on. Uh, did, <laughs> yes, it's going to be interesting to see if people actually use that as a sort of jumping on point to the original Next Generation stuff. So mm-hmm. um, as somebody who's seen pretty much all of the Next generation as far as i can tell uh, i'm very much looking forward to that i uh, think that's going to be really good so that arrives in a few weeks most anticipated game of 2020 now this was interesting because cyberpunk 2077 didn't make it into the top three list which I was hmm. very surprised by, yeah. given the hype around that game. Third place went to Halo Infinite. Second place went to Last of Us Part Two. The top spot went to Marvel's Avengers, which I think has rather more to do with the fact that it's Marvel's Avengers than it does with anything else. I, I don't know. That's going to be really interesting to see whether that is as good as people hope it is. There was some gameplay footage that has been out there, which I think is sort of the opening sequence. There's there's like 20 minutes is, worth yeah. of gameplay footage. And it does look really impressive and you get to jump from one character to another and, and that sort of stuff. But there have also been some kind of slightly negative reviews about how it plays and stuff. So, I yeah, I don't know. That's mm. going to be kind of interesting. <laughs> Still what? got about... I think that's out in May, so roughly like yeah. four months or so to go. Yeah. So hopefully they clean up a couple of things. But yeah, mine's still Last of Us Part Two, both from a zombie perspective and because I love the first game, which a lot of people did as well. Because uh, as I've said before about Last of Us Two, which we've seen what, a couple of gameplay videos for, I think we've seen two gameplay videos and a couple of trailers. It looks like Last of Us Part One, but evolved newer, new animations, probably some new weapons and stuff like that. And and and, and you've got the whole uh, it's like a new AI kind of detection system, how they'll sort of call out to each other and right. like, if you kill one of their teammates they'll find him and they'll go hey joe's dead let's like come over here and you have to avoid that area or maybe you want to set a trap there and be very very cool to see how all that plays out so yeah so i mean my top three i I think it's difficult because i do want to see that avengers game but i'm i'm rather cautious about that my Mm. top spot would be would be cyberpunk um 2077 definitely because i i think that looks like a really interesting world and it's a big open world to play around in but i mean on this in other things we had on that list uh vampire the masquerade bloodlines 2 and i adored the first game of that with all its faults i thought that was a great game so again that's another big rpg i'm looking forward to that and last of us part two i think those would probably be my top three but there's things like psychonauts 2 which i'm also looking forward to and beyond good and evil 2 which i'm also looking forward to so i'm looking forward to watch dogs as well yeah uh, quite a bit yeah plus that actually takes place in london which not not enough games do oh, okay. i think isn't that like a post-brexit london where like oh, things it? have uh, things have not gone quite so well we don't uh, and, uh, we don't use the b word in this, in this show <laughs> right um but yeah it's, it's sort of post all all that nonsense and um yeah that could be kind of interesting one of the most interesting categories we had was the most anticipated movie of 2020 because usually we'd say you know when there's a big marvel film coming out or when there's a big dc coming film coming out that would usually land the top spot but because the mcu is kind of in a reboot position right now and like a rebuild phase, yeah. yeah they're sort of rebuilding things so nobody quite knows where the phase is going to go and what the overall arcing plot will be and that sort of stuff that seems to have tempered it a little bit and i think people are rather cautious about the dc stuff 
so the third place went to Black Widow so there was one Marvel movie in there for lots of nostalgia second place goes to Bill and Ted Face the Music the top spot though went to Top Gun Maverick um, oh. which was kind of interesting and I mean did, have you seen the original Top Gun you're probably too young <laughs> no I haven't but um, I'll obviously try and make sure I watch that before I watch yeah. this one of course but, I mean um, the original movie is a classic and it is mm-hmm. worth watching and it's the same with the Bill and Ted I mean Bill and Ted I adore Bill and Ted but yeah I this was going to be an interesting one because I mean we had an interesting things in there like Artemis Fowl which has a built in fan base you've got Birds of Prey coming uh, that June movie Ghostbusters 2020 there's the Eternals Uncharted Wonder Woman so there was a fair selection of of stuff but yeah those were the top three and I'm really intrigued that that was what came out was the Top Gun mm-hmm. movie. Um, yeah, because I mean, for the last two years, we've had Endgame and, and Infinity yeah, War. So it's that's either kind been, of yeah, taken the a bit more most of... anticipated movie. I mean, we actually ran it for a couple of years where the most anticipated movie we had to put in excluding Star Wars because Star Wars was just going to win every year. Um, mm-hmm. So we kind of took that out for the uh, later ones. But it's interesting because we've got no big Star Wars movie yet either next year, right? So, you know, that's yeah. missing. And we won't have a Justice League film for a long time. No. Because <laughs> some have... of the members are there. Yeah. So you're gonna you're kind of missing the. I mean, you've got Wonder Woman, like I say, coming out and some other stuff. But yeah, yeah. I think Wonder Woman might do really well. Yes, I, I would year. hope Wonder Woman will do really mm, well. Got Patty Jenkins and uh, Gal Gadot. Yeah, I think that's good. But yes, yeah, so those were the top three movies of uh, next most anticipated movies for next year. So um, yeah, interesting stuff. That's that's pretty much it for the awards. There was one other thing which I actually didn't announce on the website, and I kind of left it for because I, I put a blank box at the end and said what's your favourite TV show of all time and uh, that threw up some sort of interesting results because I wasn't entirely sure how well that was going to work but the favourite TV show the one that got the most votes in there was Game of Thrones so that took the top spot second place went to Breaking Bad which I think is fair enough third place went to Friends <laughs> so oh. so okay. Yeah, that, those were the things that got the most votes when we sort of asked you basically out of everything that's ever been made, what's your favourite thing? And I mean, of course, there was a lot of people that just, I mean, random answers like, you know, Blake Seven was in there, people voting for Buffy and Firefly and Man in the High Castle got a few votes. It's an interesting, interesting mix. Games of, Game of Thrones pretty much standing head and shoulders above everything else. Though. But mm-hmm. uh, yes, I mean, no, no great surprise there. But but I thought that was kind of interesting if, if, yeah, as a like top that. three list. Mine's still 24, of course. So. Yes, of course. There were a few <laughs> votes in there for 24 as well. So that's the Geek Town Awards. As I said, we've now moved the interviews off onto their own show, so you'll be able to download those later in the week. So we're going to move straight on to some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> So highlights for next week on TV. There are quite a lot of shows starting given it's January. Silent Witness, that is back for its 23rd season. That's on the 7th of January at 9pm. That's on BBC One. Better Things Season 3, that's starting on BBC Two on the 7th of January at 10pm. So you can watch that straight afterwards. The Enemy Within, which stars Jennifer Carpenter and Morris Chestnut, that was actually a one-season show, but it did look quite interesting. That's coming to 5 USA on the 7th of January at 9pm as well there is a show called jet it's an action drama series that's starting on the 7th of january on sky one which looks like that could be quite interesting that's at 10 p.m on the 
8th of January on Sky One, we have SEAL Team returning for its third season, which I'm very much looking forward to. Marvel's Runaways back for its third and final season on Sci-Fi UK. That is on the 8th of January. Uh, I think it's got a premiere at 2am, but it's definitely on at 9pm. That will be its regular time slot, I think. So uh, that's on the 8th of January on Sci-Fi UK. Death in Paradise Season 9, that returns to BBC One on the 9th of January. January at 9pm. Trent Stone, which is this new kind of TV spin-off of the Jason Bourne franchise. That starts on the 10th of January on Amazon Prime. That looks kind of interesting. That, that yeah, I'm could, interested in that. that yeah. Yes, that could fill your uh, your 24 gap. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Yes. I mean, Get Ryan was great this year, but uh, I want more. <laughs> yes, yeah. So... Yeah. Treadstone Treadstone could be definitely one that's uh, worth looking out for but 10th of January on Amazon Prime for that uh, The Good Place back for the second half and the final bit of the fourth season that's on the 10th of January on Netflix which I'm very much looking forward to although we would be very sad to see it go yeah another final season yeah Sick of It season 2 of that coming to Sky 1 on the 10th of January at 10pm more comedy with Carl Pilkington that should be good Deadwater Fell which is this four part drama with David Tenant that is coming to Channel 4 on the 10th of January at 9pm which looks like it could be a really solid dark drama uh, Titans also coming on the 10th of January to Netflix if you want to catch the second season of that there is AJ and the Queen coming to Netflix that is a RuPaul kind of drama dramedy series Ruby Red a bigger than life but down on luck drag queen as she travels across America so that could be quite good if you like RuPaul uh, Grantchester mm-hmm. season 5 coming to ITV on the 10th of January at 9pm Vera season 10 coming to ITV on the 12th of January at 9pm so if you're into your crime dramas lots to go for there uh, we've got the new Pope coming to Sky Atlantic on the 12th of January that's the follow up to the young Pope that's at 10pm The Outsider which is a mini series based on the novel by Stephen King that's coming to Sky Atlantic on the 13th of January if you want to go and watch that Murdoch Mysteries again another murder mystery thing that's the Canadian cop show that is back on Alibi on the 13th of January at 9pm Cold Feet back on ITV for season 9 on the 13th of January at 9pm and Superstore back for season 5 on ITV 2 at 8.30 also on the 13th of January so yeah, finally yes. Superstore is back and for season 5 not reruns of season 3 <laughs> yes yes, uh, super, yes there has been a lot of reruns of Superstore but uh, yes season 5 finally of Superstore that is everything for this week, which uh, I think is is plenty to go on with for yeah. for the yeah. uh, for the week. Uh, we will probably, I hope, have more news next week. It's just obviously we're back straight after Christmas, and there really isn't much news around right now. But we should have a lot more news by next week, I would hope. In the meantime, you're still doing stuff over on Entertainment Talk. Uh, where what have you got coming up? Where can they find you? Currently running classic reviews. It will have episode three on Wednesday, which will be the day after the, the you hear this. Um, and doing a best TV shows uh, top five TV shows countdown on Fridays there's been two episodes of that episode three of well both of those series that will be out on Friday so yeah two, two of those already out there you can check those out and then of course we'll have you know Good Place back on Friday this Friday and some other things coming up of course Walking Dead's back well that's actually not back until like, the end of next month so uh, that won't be yet but uh, yeah Twitter eTalkUK and of course entertainmenttalk.org so still plenty of stuff for you to listen to and of course we did do a, uh, 
yeah, me and David did a bit of a separate version, like our own version of a best, yeah, best our, and worst of 2019. Best of, yes. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't voted on by anybody. It was just mine and David's choices yes. uh, for best and worst of 2019, which I had a lot of fun doing. Yes, so, yeah, it was good fun uh, doing Please check that. that out as well. But uh, yeah, we're entering a new year, a new decade. New things are going to be happening. Disney Plus will be here soon. So, uh, And Last of Us 2 will be here soon. I wonder if 24 will return this decade. Uh, we <laughs> shall see. But um, yeah, uh, hopefully everybody has a good start to the year and everything. And uh, we shall see what happens. Yes, for us, obviously, go to geektown.co.uk. We are posting news as it comes in up on the website. You can go and find that on geektown.co.uk. You can get in touch with your questions and comments by emailing us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. You can leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. Watch out for the behind the scenes interview podcast coming out later on this week as well. We will see you next week for another show. Bye bye. Goodbye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.